similar, something of a kind of pattern of life that you could call new life. Um, and so it's a bit like a stick of rock. I think I might have used this illustration before. You know, you have a stick of rock. No matter where you bite it, the pattern's the same, isn't it? And church life should be something like that. That no matter where you kind of look in church life, whether it's a serving team or on a Sunday or in a house group, the pattern of life has something similar about it. There's some key ingredients, as it were. And so we're um, meeting with the house group team, those who lead house groups, on the 24th of January. Um, So I wonder, when you're in house groups, would you just maybe take 10 or 15 minutes at some point between now and the 24th to talk together as a group about what are some of the key ingredients of house group life? What does good house group life look like? Or what do we want it to look like? And then when uh, we come back together at that team meeting, we can kind of feed that all into the conversation and at some point kind of communicate to us as a church family. Actually, in house groups, this is what our pattern of life is going to look like. These are the things that we're going to do. This is what life for us is going to look like. A bit of a book recommendation. If you're thinking as a house group, like how do we do witness well as a group? Uh, together. This is a really uh, excellent book Jess and I read last year called Friends, Food and the Gospels written by Andy Moyle. He leads uh, Relation Mission Church in uh, Kings Lynn and uh, he, he's uh, it's a kind of example really of how he does and his church do witness in, in groups uh, with their friends and I've seen many people uh, come to faith um, in the way that they do that. It's a really encouraging book, well worth a read and probably fairly stimulating for you as a house group if you're thinking about how we can do witness together. You give some great ideas in there. So that's well, well worth looking at. Um, next thing, Alan. The second thing is influential scattering. I'm going to jump back a bit into Matthew 13. So if you have a look at Matthew 13 in your Bible. So... The other part Marcus was talking about in his prophetic word was being scattered out of the hive, that we'd be welcomed, not swatted away, but increasing in influence in the community. As we say what we see of Jesus, the word of God will come to people with sweetness. Our words will stick with them and draw them to God. Um, This kind of reminded me of uh, this passage in Matthew 13. It's verse 24, uh, the parable of the weeds. And Jesus says this, he put another parable before them, saying, this is Matthew 13:24, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, lest, they, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I'll tell the reapers, gather the weeds first, bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Jump down to verse 36, and he's explaining it. He says, his disciples say, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. And Jesus answers, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed is the sons of the kingdom, that's us. The weeds and the sons of the evil one and the enemy uh, who sowed them is the devil. So what that tells us is that Jesus, the son of man, has sown us 
his people into the field, into the world, to grow alongside the weeds that the enemy is sowing. What does sowing look like? You scatter it, don't you? Scatter the seed in the field. And that's what Jesus has done with us. Primarily, it's good. These gathering times are really important, but primarily, Jesus has scattered us out into the world. And what's the purpose? The Lord's plan is sown you and I into the world for the purpose of growing his kingdom in the world. That's why, that's why we don't gather as a church literally every day. Because actually the Lord has sown us into the world. That's where we're, we're meant to live. That's where we're meant to grow for the purpose of his kingdom. So whatever you're doing, wherever you're doing it, you've been sown there by the Lord Jesus. That's pretty encouraging, isn't it? <laughs> you know, when you wake up on a Monday morning, you don't fancy work much. I don't know how common that is for you, but yeah, that's pretty encouraging to know Jesus has put you there, or that at least it's his fault. <laughs> but sometimes you might hear people say, I need to give myself to building the church. I sometimes are guilty of saying that. But actually it's Jesus who builds his church, isn't it? Jesus says, I will build my church. And the way that he builds his church is by sowing us into the world for the purpose of growing his kingdom. That's how he does it. We don't have to worry too much about growing the church. If we sow ourselves into the... It's Jesus has sown us into the world. If we do the business there, the church will, will be built. That's, that's how it works. He's sown us to be into the world to be an influential scattering. So whether we're in the supermarket, at school, at your office desk, at home with your children, or picking them up from school, whether you're playing bridge with friends, or out for drinks, or dinner with mates, you've been sown there by Jesus for the sake of the kingdom of God and that's how it grows we tend to think quite a lot don't we in our society we're quite individualistic we kind of think you know we choose our line of work we choose where we live we choose what we do in life but really the Bible tells us that Jesus has sown us there for his purpose so when we're in those places what should we do what should we do we need to witness in words, the things that we say, in our works, the things that we do, and in wonders, praying for the miraculous and for healing, to Jesus. Witness in words, works, and wonders. There's an emphasis in the prophetic word that um, Marcus brings on our words, that they would be sweet to taste. That when people hear the things that we say about Jesus, they'll receive them. Their words, our words will stick with them. And it will draw them to God. He actually used, I think, a picture of, you know, if you get honey on your fingers, you kind of put it somewhere, you leave an imprint, that words will be like that. We might have all had experiences like that. You probably can remember a handful of conversations in your life where somebody said something and it like, it's like something got imprinted on your heart and you couldn't shake it off and it kind of shaped the way that your life has developed. And even now, when you tell your story of your life, those kind of handprints that people left and the things that they said are part of the story. You say, I had this conversation with so-and-so or I heard this preach or I was doing X, Y, Z and somebody said and it stuck and that changed the way I lived my life. And so that's what we feel God's saying to us. That's encouraging, isn't it? Your words can be like imprints on people's lives. 
that changed the direction of their life, helped draw them to Jesus to follow him. Psalm 119 uh, verse 103 says something along those lines. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. That's God's word to us, isn't it? His words are sweet to taste. They're sweeter than honey to our mouths. And God's word through us is sweet to others as well. So it's always worth asking ourselves in house groups, how's it going with saying the sweet words about Jesus to your friends and neighbours, to family? And because we want people to experience the sweetness of knowing Jesus, don't we? We've encountered something incredible, don't we? A few of us. (laughs) We want people to encounter and know Jesus as as we have. We've met him and he's incredible. We've changed our lives. So we want him... We want others to know him too. So who are we telling the sweet words of Jesus and his gospel to? Who are you telling at the moment? That's, that's not to shame us or condemn us if our witness feels weak or perhaps even non-existent. We all feel inadequate, don't we, at times in our witness. It's not... <laughs> and if you don't meet many Christians who go, I'm really good at this, you should come and watch me. <laughs> there aren't many Christians saying that. It's just difficult. It's hard to do. And we constantly need the encouragement of one another in house groups to be able to do it well. But let me encourage us. We have got sweet honey to give. To some people it will be Marmite, which is, in this illustration, disgusting, regardless of your own opinion, in this illustration. To some people it will be Marmite. To others it will be like sweet honey. So be encouraged and be courageous. Your words will be like honey to some. They will stick with them and they'll draw them to God. Uh, A couple of other book recommendations. If you're wondering, uh, maybe you feel like, how do you get started on on that kind of thing? Um, Then this is a a really good book, Uh, Just Walk Across the Room by Bill Hybels. If, If you want witness to Jesus made as simple as possible, because it just feels like a bit of a mountain to climb and you'd like how to take the first step. This is a brilliant book. Just walk across the room. Really fantastic. Uh, One of the best books I've read on it. Um, And if you're getting asked lots of questions and you're thinking, how on earth do I answer some of those questions? (laughs) I haven't got a clue what to say. Uh, Then this is a really good book. It's a fairly recent one. Uh, Tim Keller wrote a book called The Reason for God. That's excellent as well. Uh, This is another one. It's called Confronting Christianity. 12 Hard Questions for the World's Largest Religion by Rebecca McLaughlin. Um, really fantastic book answering some of the typical things that people will ask you about your faith, um, how to answer them uh, well. Um, I think time-wise, it's probably, I should probably uh, bring things to an, a close. But as you're speaking, uh, as I was speaking, I just feel uh, maybe there's some of us, as we talk about here, influential scattering you, um, you really want to be influential and maybe sometimes you just feel a little bit I don't know like it, a bit impotent rather than influential scattered but kind of without purpose or energy to it I felt like God wanted to encourage you this morning Jesus has sown you into the world. He didn't make a mistake. 
he didn't pick up like loads of good seed and then some not so good and think, well, I might as well just throw them all out there in the field. This is good seed. It's all good seed. And he has sown you for his purposes. He hasn't made a mistake. You can be a fruitful witness for the Lord in words, works and wonders. If you feel inadequate or like you're constantly making false starts, just welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the club. This is the newest member of it. It's difficult. Yeah? I'd, lo- I'd love to pray for some of us who feel that. Maybe if you, um, maybe if you just feel that way, why don't you stand up and we'll, we'll pray for you. Be, be bold. I know there's quite a lot to ask, but if, if you're feeling, you know what, I could just do with some prayer for some courage, from some encouragement to witness um, in, a, in a bold way. Why don't you stand up and we'll pray for you. Oh Lord, we, um, we just want to admit, Lord, we find this difficult. Um, this is not something it's, uh, that we feel a natural at. But with you, we have encountered joy, peace, unconditional love, something we've not found anywhere else. We're only satisfied by you. You're the one who has turned our lives around. You're the one who's been constantly faithful to us. You're the one who's been good to us, as we've sung this morning. And we want other people to know you so they can enjoy the same. We want them to know uh, beauty from ashes. We want them to know joy through mourning. We want them to know peace in darkness. And we want them to know hope where there was none. And so we pray, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, equip us. Equip us to say the sweet words about Jesus to others. Help us as we do works that influence and help show people the love of God. Help us as we pray for healing and the miraculous so that people can see a demonstration of the kingdom of God and be pointed to the king. Lord, we need your help in this. We need your Holy Spirit to fill us. We need your Holy Spirit to guide us in conversations. And we need our church family as well, their encouragement. So we we pray, Lord, help us in every way to be faithful, courageous witnesses to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.